In today's episode, we're going to talk about how habits are formed and a shortcut to breaking them. But before you head into today's episode, did you check out the last episode where we talked about the habit of failure feedback loop, the importance of being really aware if you are in that feedback loop and how you can take a piece of that sequence out so you don't get the same result. So go ahead and check that out. Really important episode. We will all find ourselves in the habit of feedback failure loop in our daily lives. So it's a really good one to to check out. And so you can be more aware of your patterns and behaviors. All right, let's go to the show. Welcome to Think Beyond the Drink. This podcast is for women who want to unravel their relationship with alcohol and other vices without labels, stigma, or judgment. We focus on things that give us energy, not take from it. This is for women who want to feel the aliveness and vitality in their life again, who want deep, intimate connections and a purpose-driven life. Oh my God, guys, if you've been anything like me in the past, you've just declared to yourself or to the world or to whoever wants to listen that you are going to stop something or start something new, right? Start some new behavior or stop some old behavior that just doesn't serve you anymore. And then you notice like it just doesn't stick or like we talked about yesterday, we get into this habit of failure feedback loop. So maybe you've declared the same thing time and time again, I'm going to quit sugar and your partner is like, yeah, okay, right. You know, Tomorrow, she's going to come home with like a pie that was on sale at the grocery store. I so wish it was as simple as declaring your intention. And even though, gosh, okay, so some studies actually do show that stating your goal or your intention enhances your chances of success, but that's only like the first piece. So it's not the whole picture when you read that study. There's more to it than just declaring your goal. It's like, declaring that you're going to swim and then you don't do anything else. You know, you don't learn about the mechanics of swimming or how to float or not drown or and you don't like take lessons or anything. You just declare, I'm going to swim. And more than likely, because this is so common, not only was this me, but so many women I work with that when you're trying to break your drinking habit, you just say, that things will be differently this time, right? They'll just be different this time. I'm going to quit drinking on Monday, right, of the first of the month. Sometimes we even wait to the first of the year. <laughs> now, hopefully that's not you because at the era of this podcast episode, it is um, the beginning of January. So I don't want you to do that where you hold off until the next year. And actually, let's take a second just to think about that right now. And even when we're looking at what it would be like to start at the beginning of the month again, like waiting to start your new behavior or stop an old behavior at the beginning of the month or the beginning of next year. Just really think about where you would be in a month or in one year if you actually decided, hey, I'm not going to wait until the beginning of the month or the beginning of the week or the beginning of the year. I'm going to make my change tomorrow. I'm going to try again tomorrow. So that's a declaration in its own right. But then what you're going to learn in today's episode is how we really create a habit or break a bad habit by using the simple cycle that James Clear has written in his book, Atomic Habits. But it's always so important to say, if I wait and don't start today or tomorrow, then 
where will I be? Where will I be in a year? And most likely the answer to that question is exactly the same place that you are right now. Maybe a little bit worse, maybe a little bit better, but more than likely it averages out to exactly the same way you are right now. And that's a really sobering thought to me. When I ever want to make a change, like even when I went back to grad school and I was like, ah, am I too old for this? Gosh, this is going to take up so much of my life. I already am so into this new routine of being this, you know, adult with the job type of thing. And I'll have to go back and start the whole being an adult learner. And then I was like, well, where will I be if I don't just start now? Well, in a year, I'll be older, but I'll still have those same thoughts. I'm too old to do this. I'm in my routine. I have to change too much. So it's a really great motivator, at least for me, when I think of it in that way, when I look at it in a different perspective. So let's go to back to you declaring that you're just going to quit drinking again on a Monday, right? And now we typically, like we talked about in last episode, this habit of failure feedback loop is that we give in around the same time every week or every month because we didn't change any of those old widgets, right? So we're just in our old tire ass assembly line producing the same old product because we're doing the same old thing time and time again, which is usually just starting by declaring that we're going to do something, right? without actually looking at any of the other pieces. So let's go ahead and look at how habits are formed, right? How habits are created, how this habituation and automation is created in our brain. So in order to create a behavior, so something that we just do time and time again, we have to have first this cue that sets off a behavior that produces this reward. And here is the thing, the reward part of the cycle is the key component. This will determine if we keep coming back to this habit. So it's like if we keep eating something that's bitter, so we see something that looks sweet, right? We see something that looks like this really yummy, like peach cobbler, and then we take a bite of it, but the ingredients are all off and it tastes really bitter, we're not going to want to keep going back to it because we didn't have that reward, that sugar rush that we were expecting from the fruit and the sugar and, you know, the liquidy yumminess that's created from that. So we're not going to want to go back to it because it tastes bitter. So the reward is a really important key component of this. So when we understand this cycle then we can understand really kind of where we might be going wrong when we're making or breaking habits. And I'll give you a couple examples, one of making a habit and one of breaking a habit. We'll do breaking a habit of drinking and making a habit of exercising. And we're going to focus on the cue in both of these examples. So I want you to know that a cue can be a person, place, thing, or an emotional state which this makes things a little bit tricky, right? Because we have to be extremely aware of what our emotional state is. So a person, a typical person says, I'm going to quit drinking on Monday, right? The Monday rolls around 
and they leave the wine in the refrigerator. They keep all their date dinner dates with their girlfriends and their schedule work and social schedule is still completely overloaded with activities. Now, the cue for them to drink is absolutely everywhere. So do you see that? The wine still being in the refrigerator, the socializing with people whom they drink with, and they keep all their like high-stressed environment, right? They keep their full schedule at work and their social events and basically just running, 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 running all day long. And the example of exercising, what a typical person does is says that they're going to start on Monday. So they join a gym and they set their alarm for 5 a.m. And when the alarm goes off in the morning, they automatically hit snooze because that's what they always do. Now, like we mentioned before, setting an intention for what we want is an essential part. And how we want to feel when we actually achieve it is maybe even more important, the intention, or it's a part of it. Those two pieces have to be together. We need to have the intention of, let's say, I want to start exercising, but I want to start exercising because I want to feel more energetic and alive. I want to feel like I can connect with my kids more. I want to feel less stressed out, right? Setting the intention for and, and how you want to feel for not drinking is similar, right? More energetic, being able to hop out of the bed in the morning, ready to start the day, less foggy brain. So those are two key components. And the behavior of what we're doing is also equally as important. All right, let's go back to the drinking example. So... You declare that you're not going to drink. It's Monday. You go to work. You have your full schedule. Then you get home and it's 530 and you just walk directly to the fridge. You open it up and you see your rosé chilling in the door. You grab it. You get the wine key out. You pour your glass and then you take a sip and then you catch yourself. Oh, dang I said I wasn't going to drink. I said um, I did it again. I said I wasn't going to drink and I drank, so I'll just start again next Monday. I deserve this. It's been a really long day, right? There's always next week. Or then for the exercise example, your alarm goes off and you think of all the things that you need to do to get ready for the gym and pack your bags and make your healthy breakfast and lunch, right? Because don't forget, we're doing all the things at once. We're doing our diet and meditating and waking up early and exercising and eating healthy. And so with all of that overwhelm of all the things that we need to do the next do for that morning, we just pull the covers over our head and say, I'll just start tomorrow. So what I want you to do instead is think about adding a cue to remind you what your goal and intention is, what the feeling that you want to achieve from this new goal and intention. So what I mean by this is that if you want to not drink during the week and you're used to having your happy hour when you get home from work, you need to remove the alcohol from the house. You just have to do that. Or if you want to start an exercise program, right? You want to, when your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. and you want to hit the gym, then you want to have your tennis shoes right next to your bed with your gym bag packed, all of the food that you want to take to the office already packed up in your refrigerator. You might even want to sleep with your gym clothes on. I mean, at the beginning, 
you want to remove any resistance possible in order to start this new behavior. If you wake up and your cue is that you have your gym clothes on and you trip over your shoes, that's a pretty good reminder that you're, you're going to do the thing that you said that you're going to do right? You're breaking that habit of failure feedback loop because you're doing things differently. You're doing things more than just declaring. You're actually taking action. Now, I most certainly don't want to just oversimplify over drinking because over drinking is what I like to call a triple whammy. You have habituation in there. You have that it's an addictive substance. And I also like to say that it's ritualistic. And we'll talk about that in a different podcast. But I don't want to oversimplify that it's just the cue, right? It's just either having the bottle of wine in the refrigerator or not. Because we typically have the experience of those alarms going off in our body, right? Saying, do the damn thing that you always do. That habit alarm that just like signals in your brain that you normally think about. It's 3 p.m. and you normally think about happy hour at 5.30 every single day. And then your body starts to send those physiological responses for that craving to occur, And so even when we think about alcohol, our body releases dopamine. There aren't very many things that we think, enjoyable things that we think about that release dopamine on thought. And alcohol just so happens to be one of those things. And so it's really, you know, really looking at the importance of your day. When I talked about that, typically women... And men, they don't actually rearrange what their day looks like. And so the stress of the busy day is the cue. It's the stressor. And so when you come into your house at 5 p.m. and you're coming in hot because you haven't had a single moment to breathe all day, then you're in that automation and it's really hard to step back and say, right, stimulus response and have that moment of choice between. And When you add the resistance, so when you're breaking a habit, you want to actually create resistance. When you're making a habit, you want to remove the resistance to your new behavior. Like I mentioned, wearing the gym clothes to bed and having the shoes right next to the bed. But when you're breaking a habit, you want to create resistance. So when you don't have the wine chilled or in the cupboards or in the house at all, then you're creating resistance because that means you actually have to put your shoes back on, get back in the car and drive to the bottle shop, right? So you're creating more resistance. You're creating those moments to where you can actually have the choice, right? You can actually think through what you're going to do. Um, or eat food, right? Once we fill, fill our bellies with food, then we're less, it decreases our cravings for alcohol because it raises our sugar level, our blood glucose level. So really important to take the steps of not only declaring that you want to start or stop a behavior, but you actually want to kind of set your environment up to where you're removing the cue. Also recognizing when you have those cues that are during the day, those emotional cues during the day with being hungry, being stressed, being overwhelmed, you know, being tired and taking these little breaks during the midday is really important to do a meditation or just a little nap because then you can kind of break that cue behavior reward cycle because if we can break that cue, then we can break part of that cycle. And we also talked about the reward piece 
in a, in a different way in one of the previous episodes when we were talking about um, when we remove a vice, we have to be really careful because we need to put something in its place. And again, like I mentioned in a previous episode, it's not one for one. It's not apple for apple. When we remove drinking, that gives us these really uh, a spike in all of these feel-good hormones. It's hard when you're a initially trying to replace it with something that feels as good okay it's not one for one but that's why we get to practice it so when we're looking at it when we're looking at what we're going to do in place of drinking that gives us an equal or (laughs) somewhat um, relative um, reward then we get to get curious about it we get to get curious about what sort of um, reward we can get from not drinking. So we don't want to actually just say, I'm not going to drink because I want this reward. But what other behavior can you do in order to give yourself a different reward? So coming in from the evening, you can walk into your house and really at the beginning, I'm all for you sitting on the couch right when you get home from work, putting up your feet and watching a 20 minute Netflix Netflix episode or an hour Netflix episode while you're just decompressing. Because it can really like, right, get you back into that false feel good, but it's a better one than drinking. And you can kind of decompress, you can get back into that homeostatic homeostasis and more neutral range on the, on the, you know, cortisol, high cortisol stress response. And then as you get used to not having your alcoholic beverage in the evenings, then you can start to add in other things that might make you feel a little bit more energized. But at first, do that. I mean, really, we're only focusing on one thing. Again, all of this, this little mini series, they all feed on each other. And if our goal is to is to not drink for, you know, a week, 30 days, 100 days, five years, like for me, then what you want to do is really try to give yourself some grace and recognize that you're going to have to try on all these new different flavors to find something that will ultimately, in the end, be as good or better than the way alcohol made you feel. And you're just going to have to take my word for it, is that you will find things that make you feel way better than alcohol ever made you feel because it doesn't have those negative side effects that alcohol has, right? It's the false feel-good habit. Remember that, the false feel-good. So I want you to when I mean, I'm just suggesting that this next time that you're really looking at wanting to make or break a habit, see what resistance you can cause for bat, for breaking a habit and see what resistance you can decrease for making a habit, but really kind of get into the, to the meat of what more do you need? It's more than just declaration. What other things do you need to help support you into achieving this new behavior? And I always love any sort of hypnosis. So you can just go online and look up like hypnosis for just de-stressing, hypnosis for being happier, to quit drinking, instilling a habit and things like that. So go ahead and check that out. I have some, some meditations that I've done in the past. So you can always hit me up and let me know if you want me to send you one of those um, to help kind of like instill a new habit that could be very helpful. But anyway, so again, a cue can be emotional and 
we have bad days and that can really cue our cravings for wine. Moods can be a huge trigger in this. So I'm just sending you so much love as you're navigating all of these hard parts and crevices and learning to lean into the discomfort because really that's the work here is learning to lean into discomfort so we can come out the other side and get comfortable with knowing what our bodies are telling us Um, because as we get older it's just essential that we know the difference between you know an ache and pain that could be alerting us to some you know to something that we need more medical support over versus just needing a good stretch or a a good hormone replacement therapy to help with that. Okay. So it's all about conscious awareness and just getting really, really, really aware and building that muscle that we just see ourselves in different perspectives in order for us to really understand what's going on in our mind and our bodies. All right, guys, until next time. The world needs the vibrance and wisdom of a woman's intuition to help heal the world. When we learn to trust ourselves through leaning into and through discomfort, we learn to trust ourselves and in that space is our power and clarity.